This is Emer. And this is Dan. And this is our first podcast in Spain. We've been here, what, three months? Uh, yeah, three months. We're about to leave tomorrow to go back to Ireland. Finally get around to making a podcast the day before we leave. <laughs> We're super organized. So yeah, I thought we'd kind of reflect on how we got on, I suppose. What are your highlights of the last three months? I feel like I'm going to steal them all now, but I taught English. I learned Spanish. Well, I learned some Spanish. I ate a lot of really good food. I'll say too much. Too much good food. Um, <laughs> and just enough good wine. Almost enough. Um, Never enough wine. <laughs> I think the biggest highlight was probably the people. The people in the Rioja are just wonderful. Really, really sweet, generous to a fault. Very similar to uh, Irish people in a lot of ways, but then they have their differences as well. Yeah, I have a problem with this because Spanish people are different to Irish people in that when you say, oh, we should do something, they're like, oh, great. Mm. And then, you know, you, you do the nice thing and you're like, oh, yeah, we should do coffee sometime. They're like, yeah, yeah. And then the next day they're like, oh, we're going for coffee, right? <laughs> so what happens is we go out on a night out or whatever, and I get a bit drunk. And then I agree to things and forget about them. You include me in the plans. Yeah, generally, yeah. And then I get a phone call the next day being like, oh, hey, are you coming to the zoo uh, <laughs> naked tomorrow? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely... And I can't say no at that stage because I've already agreed. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rough time. It is because it, it combines two big differences, really, between the, the Spanish and the Irish. One is that the Irish will will agree to stuff that we don't really intend to do. And the other is that when it comes time to actually do those things, Spanish people will actually just say, no, I don't want to. Because we're too polite. Hmm. I never thought we'd say that, but... I think, it, yeah, it's just the way we are. I suppose we don't have a word for no in Irish that probably says a lot about it. Yeah, that's probably it. Okay, one of the main difficulties that I had coming here was the times of meals. When is dinner? I, I, I st <laughs> Three months in, I, I really still do not know when dinner time is. So obviously Ireland dinner is a little earlier. So we have a, like my dinner would be at six, six or seven in my house. Would you be similar? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Okay, so here it could range from any time from seven to twelve p.m., like twelve midnight. It wouldn't wouldn't finish. It, it could. would not be strange at all to start at midnight. But it it's also like there's no uniform dinner time. Like in Ireland, you say, "Oh, we'll be home around dinner time," and there's like you know a th two three hour window. And there's an understanding, mm. you know. But here it's like. It depends on the restaurant, it depends on the town, it depends, depends on, on the day of the week, time of the year, whether or not there's an or in the month, it's just ridiculous. And I, I feel like everyone knows, but it's like something that everyone just knows, so they never think to tell us. Yeah, but we've asked, we've asked people and they're all like, well, you know, are you going to this place? Are you going to that place? I'm like, no, I just, I just want a time, just point to the clock. And I will eat at that time. I can adapt to that. But I, what I can't adapt to is never knowing when there's food. This has caused problems for us in, in cities as well, particularly Madrid and Barcelona. We've done trips to uh, a couple of different places. We wound up in Madrid at about... We were there about three, but we did not We did kind of a couple of bits and pieces. And yeah. We were ready for lunch at four-ish, mm. about half four. And we walked into one place at about a quarter past four, I think. And they were like... Oh no, you can't eat. This, this place is closed. We're like, oh crap. Here we go again. Couldn't eat for love nor money. <laughs> we got into one place. They closed the kitchen 15 minutes before. I almost cried. Yeah, and we were so hungry. Mm. What did we end up doing? I don't remember. I think we just had pastries and coffee. Oh, and coffees. 
Yeah, because yeah. we're like, we need to The two things eat. you can always have. Yeah, you can always have coffee. Any time of day or night. You can have mm. coffee at 12 o'clock here as well. Yeah. They're mad for coffee. So you have your super late dinner at mm. whatever time that is. Then you have coffee. And then you just go out all night. Mm. They have also, like, they've, they've got some crazy meal times, but they've also got some really good uh, ideas for meal. Well, I would consider them good ideas. For example, on... So you go for your late, late dinner on, on Saturday night, and then afterwards you go out drinking till... God knows what hour of the morning could be six or seven the in the morning. The clubs stay open until six or seven, yeah. so which is probably eight interesting. actually. Um, and then you 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 get home at whatever hours, and, and then for some reason you always wake up at like nine, and then because your body hates you when you have a hangover. Yeah. But of course, in Spain they have uh, siestas. So what you do is you kill some time until the siesta by going for a meal, which they have named meal in inverted commas. <laughs> a meal they have uh, named bermut. I went for a bermuda with a few people one morning. Emery decided that she was not in a fit state. No. <laughs> um, but I went and, and it's essentially, I had skipped dinner because they had said, oh, it's, or sorry, I'd skipped breakfast because they'd said it's it's similar to uh, brunch. In what you guys have brunch because it's around about the same time. I was like, okay. Great. You know, um, looking forward to a fry up and, you know, something. Tea. Got there and it turns out that their version of brunch is four beers and a plate of calamari. That's it. Between what? How many people? Seven or eight. Okay, so it, it's... It's a calamari. A mouthful. Oh, right. Okay. One ring. <laughs> yeah. So, and then that goes on till about three when you waddle home and then you have lunch. And it's it's, all, it's still morning until you have lunch. No mm. matter what time it is. You can have, again, you can have lunch anytime from about two o'clock to mm. four or five. That could be lunch. Mm -hmm. So some people would have it probably here around four or five Mm -hmm. would be lunchtime. Western European society people are like ravenous around one. So I just find it funny that for a culture that loves food so much, they deprive you of it until they're fit and ready to to feed you. Well, the customer is never right. (laughs) Yeah, that's also true. So we have obviously our our lunch favorites as well. And they have an estriado here. It's a sandwich, which is essentially the closest you can get to... A breakfast roll and it's yeah. pretty fantastic it's a breakfast roll with better bread strange rashers which is actually lamb i think i think it's pig i didn't think it was lamb there's i know there's like four different types of meat and a heap of cheese and some caramelized onions and an egg and there's mayonnaise there's endless mayonnaise yeah it's it's super delicious mm. but yeah it's also like best hangover cure um i don't know it's super worth it well, I had a problem as well initially with um, wines. You have to know the right... Because this is a wine region where we live. So you have to know the right names for the wines. And then like only certain bars do certain wines. Like Most bars will do like a red and a white. So mm. you just ask for a red or a white. But then there's like different like wineries which will make different ones. And then there's good ones and bad ones. And there's like a young wine and an old wine. And like all this varies in price. And they all have different names. So, you know, if you don't know anything, you might as well just get out. Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, a lot of people kind of, they would know that there's there's good wines and there's bad wines. They may not know which wine is which. But what's really funny for me is that they're willing to teach you about wine if you ask. But if you go in and, and happen to end up there when they turn and go, what do you want to drink? And you say, I don't know. It's essentially, they just, they just want you to, to leave. It's a bit strange because if you go, well, what's good? They'll suggest three or four different things they'll be in spanish so it, it could be just a guess mm. of or like a panic order i love a bit of panic ordering in spanish half the time you're like yeah i'll have that that sounds fine and you're like what did you order i don't know <laughs> it's it's something 
something is coming. You right. you accidentally ordered flan. Oh yeah, I hate flan. <laughs> Panic ordered flan one time, and the minute she took away the menus and walked away, I was like, I hate flan. Why did I order flan? Um, and then like you know they have like specific names. So all the the meats have different names. So oh, when you go to the butcher, oh my god, like there's so much vocabulary in the butchers. You're like, I want a leg of a pig, and there's like. 12 names mm. for like all the different parts like the thigh and the calf and the and they eat everything here like mm. the face the ears the feet everything mm. you can eat eyeballs and brain if you want it no problem they haven't come across eyeballs but they probably well, Javi said he's had eye- sheep eyeballs he says they're delicious okay super super accessible if you want them but it's just so so stressful you're like this looks like meat that I recognise can I have that please and then it doesn't taste anything like you recognize. yeah then then you don't know what it is mm. I tried to ask for mince one time that was a really really bad time I don't I think it was like chorizo but not in the chorizo sack like not in a sausage shape it, it was such a strange request for them that you actually got slagged off about it three days later by a person who wasn't even there so that request made its way around the whole town oh, those butcher ladies they know everyone yeah that's true they're also terrifying with knives they're just yeah. such precision incredibly and skilled. skilled yeah it's like they could cut the, the chicken so thin you could see through it mm. it's amazing terrifying amazing yeah you you ask them for for chicken breasts and they they say oh do you want it filleted and you go yeah yeah and then you can you can read the newspaper through your chicken and then like the opening times of everything as well so like the siesta takes place from about half one to five so the only thing you can do during siesta is drink drink you can eat food sometimes yeah but well it'll be pinchos it'll be like bar Mm. food yeah and that's all and you can't do anything else no shops are open Mm mm-hmm our first the bank's not open. Our first Sunday here was absolutely hilarious because we were brought and we I thought we were being paraded through the town essentially because we were brought from one bar to the next. We we would stop in a bar, we would have a glass of wine, mostly possibly a pincho, which is essentially a tiny, like four mouthful tapas. Um, possibly one of those and then on to the next bar for more wine and you do this because you start at one end of of the the main street work your way down and then it essentially means that you will see everybody on Sunday at some point or other in the the whole town you'll get to get the news you get to say hello and you will get absolutely hammered now thankfully we had a meal at the end of it but we were wobbling by the the, because you don't even sit down You, you go in you have your drink you say hello and you drink it quickly because we're yeah. busy. We're on a tight schedule to like get to all the bars. Yeah. Because there's a lot. Because so. that's the other thing. Sunday is essentially a 24-hour siesta. Nothing opens. Oh, you, sometimes, you can get bread early in the morning and that's all. I've like, never seen it. But, it, but it's like 8 in the morning on a Sunday. Like, right. I have never seen 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. <laughs> For hangover or no hangover. So as far as I'm concerned, that's Narnia. <laughs> And when we arrived as well, one of the first things that we were driving through the town, one of the first things that our host said to us, they're like, oh, there's not usually this many black people in the town. And we were like, oh, okay. Um, And they're like, oh, yeah, well, there's like two black people that live here. And I assume everyone knows them. Yeah, it's like Ireland in the 1960s where everybody, oh, yeah, that's the gay. (laughs) And the two black people. Mm -hmm. Um, It turns out we arrived just at the the tail end of the harvest season. So they were like migrant workers or like casual laborers who were like helping with the harvest and stuff but it was just a very strange experience to to be told straight off the bat oh there's not that many black people here usually i wasn't really sure whether it was like you know we're we're disappointed that there aren't 
this many usually or that we're disappointed that there are this many or it was just a normal observation like oh it will be winter soon you know yeah it, it's very hard to tell to be honest i i don't know um and what is the thing that you miss most being here about ireland no well what if what have you missed since you've been here for three months milk <laughs> irish milk <laughs> spanish people do not it's it's funny because they have more selection for milk than anywhere I've ever been you can get every different type of milk except actual milk you have said fresh milk yeah um what I would consider decent milk is just not I'm told it's possible to get it but you have to specifically order it in you essentially have to go find a farmer Mm. and then recruit him to and then you have to buy the milk every time yeah that he delivers it exactly um I just don't know if that's commitment I'm I'm ready for (laughs) we should just get a cow I don't know if we we have the spare room I think it it might be more feasible to just get a cow (laughs) at this rate the amount of milk you want to drink I haven't even drank that much milk we've been experimenting with different different brands and different uh containers and stuff but the milk here I mean to really make the point the milk here lasts a thousand years (laughs) You buy the milk and they're, they don't even bother putting an expiration date on it because they don't just, even they're like, you will be dead before this milk goes off. <laughs> so don't ask. But it, it's, like, it's just in boxes just on the aisles in the supermarket. They don't refrigerate it at all. Mm-hmm. So. And funnily enough, when you do get the milk, you bring it home, you open it, it tastes okay, it's passable. And then you put it in the fridge, you take it out, you make a cup of tea and you leave it out for the duration of drinking the cup of tea. Then you pick it up to put it back in. It's gone off. Yeah, that's the closest we've gotten to fresh milk, and it's it's essentially the opposite. It's like so it's so vulnerable. Like mm. it, you know, you have to like mind it. Yeah, and I'm like, like you know, you put it through God knows how many processes to make it this, and it doesn't last as long as it would have if you just never touched it. It's the epitome of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> rashers as well. You can't get rashers here. I, yeah, they have I like a bacon. Rashers. I'm gonna go inverted commas again. It's not bacon. Um, but it, it's not bacon. It's it's just like ham that's been smoked. But it's not mm. like, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like pancetta. Yeah. It's very funny because it's cured meat. So you could just eat it as it is. But if you ask for, for bacon, they will fry it as well. And I'm like, it's it's now solid. And it, yeah, it's so confusing. And mm. they kind of veer towards like American bacon. So it's mm. very, very thin and a lot of fat on it, whereas not very much meat. Whereas ra- I could live without rackers, I agree, but it's just not the same. No, all of the food here is delicious. I know I'm complaining an awful lot, but it is delicious. Yeah, the whole like farm to plate movement has nothing on here. Mm. Like these guys are like, oh, well, the neighbor is slaughtering a pig next week. So, you know, I'll give you a hand with that and you'll give me some chorizo for it. Like, and that's, that's, that's not even a joke. We were actually told that we, yesterday. Yeah, we, we've been invited to a pig slaughtering at some stage in the new year, mm. I think in January. But apparently... But we're there to work, we've been told, yeah, working. As, as I've been told, you go, they literally bring it in and go, this is the pig. Now the pig's dead. Now you're making chorizo. Bye. And that's how it works, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> Yeah, like it would probably cost like you, you can get like you know you can get everything here like bananas and whatever fruit that you couldn't grow here, mm. but it's more expensive to get stuff like if you wanted specialty like peppers or whatever from somewhere else, it would cost you far more to get them mm-hmm. than it would to buy the maybe not organic but like homegrown stuff or from yeah, within the, a mile or two of the town. The other funny thing was is if you were to order 
anything from any corner of the world and have it imported that as a you know some alternative to like the the peppers or the the beef or whatever if you imported it there was absolutely no way that it would taste better than the stuff you get for 10 cent down the road no the food here is just delicious it's the I mean, for a start, the vegetables and fruit and stuff, you plant anything here, it grows to perfection. You can't stop it growing it. Like, most people we know have, like, allotments, mm. and they're they're throwing food at us because mm. they're like, oh, here, I actually can't eat this many onions because I have 300. And they're the size of your head. <laughs> they're like turnips. <laughs> you, we were saying you couldn't go hungry here because during the, at least during the harvest season anyway. You'd have to work just, very hard to not stuffed like there's a a, a cloister a cloister of nuns here and they eat really well they probably eat better than most people in on the dole in ireland yeah. because they they're getting this all they get all the surplus of, of vegetables and fruit and, and stuff. there's a lot they just they get a lot of it because you know they don't really have their own orchards and their own allotments but they get a lot of the surplus because people don't know what to do with it mm. they can and they preserve and they can and they preserve but there's only so much you can do yeah we constantly get people calling around going Hey, how's it? Oh, look, I brought you these jars of stuff, and there's tons of jars. And you're like, oh, that's so kind. And you're like, no, I have too many. I, please, please take please them. Take them. <laughs> Eat them. <laughs> my, my whole pantry is full, or whatever. <laughs> I've gone through every neighbor on the way here. I've dropped into every single door and given at least 10 jars. Oh, yeah. And I have still too many. And what's the, the most cringy thing that's happened to you when you were here? Oh, there is a question. What's the most cringy thing? Obviously, there's a lot of misunderstandings with with language. Like someone, I was reading, I saw a quote somewhere on the internet, which is like, foreign travel is essentially becoming a child again, because you've no idea what's going on anymore. So Mm. you don't know how to cross the road without getting run over. Um, You don't know how to order food. You don't know how to make yourself understood. And everything is pretty much just a well-educated guess. Um, And for us, it's proved very true, because especially when you're like, ordering food because you're not exactly a lot of the menus here don't come in english so you're not exactly sure what you're ordering you're like i'm pretty sure this is some type of pork i'll have that please thank you yeah and you actually speak some spanish you've got decent I, spanish i know to get by yeah um whereas i arrived here three months ago with around about five words of spanish and, I had to and, and two of them were ballet yeah. which means like grand <laughs> exactly yeah so i've had to learn as i go along so there's been a lot of uh miscommunication stuff most of them have have come off reasonably well there's been no serious problems nobody hates me or anything but i do remember one situation with a because of course we're teaching uh, english to a lot of different people different ages and different levels and stuff and one of my students and she comes uh, uh, she's six years old and she comes as a, a part of a group once a week and then uh, her mother, I presume, decided she wanted she needed more classes, so she would come once a week on her own. In the first class, she didn't realize that she was going to be alone. I presume her mom had not mentioned it, so she sat down in the class and said, uh, wh- "Where's everybody else?" I said, "Oh, well, you know, it's good. This is just for you. You get to to play all you want." And she froze. She just wouldn't. And she's very, very vocal and and involved in all classes. In fact, she's the one that you you've kind of. You've got to get her to calm down so the other kids can get involved. She's totally in, you know, straight in. Yeah, she's super immediately. involved, yeah. Um, but she froze. The, I couldn't get a word out of her. I was like, well, okay, well, do you want to do this? And, and shaking the head. And, do you want to draw? I had a whole lesson plan that would have been loads of fun for her because of all the stuff she enjoyed. But I was like, do you want, do you want to draw? Do you want to 
paint pictures? Do you want to run in circles? I don't know. Like, you know, what if I, you know, do and nothing magic? Absolutely nothing. She she just blank face stared at me and shook her head, and I was dying trying to figure out what to do with this kid. So eventually, we wound up playing with uh, with Play Doh with Mala too. Um, to give her something to do. She got kind of engaged at that, but not a word through the whole class. And then... Longest hour I ever. I died the whole way through. It was torture. And I, the whole time I'm, I'm trying to get her to, at the very least, become a human again because she was just this automaton that her hands were moving and there was nothing else happening. And uh, I was like, I'm going to send this kid home to her parents traumatized. <laughs> And she's never going to speak again, and they'll blame me, and they'll probably be right because she. I don't know just, what's happening. I right obviously now. said something that sounded like a big insult in Spanish. I don't know what it was, but she came in the next week with the group class and was straight back to her her old self again. Thank God. But uh, that was, I think, the most not only cringeworthy but terrifying experience I've had since. Well, props for not traumatizing a child. I think I was more traumatized at the end of it than she was. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was glad that she spoke. Anything else? Uh, oh, I remember uh, on our like what, our first week here, all the uh, all the houses we are. So we we have an apartment on the what fifth floor. Yep. And there's no lift, so you have to walk up all the stairs. But on on the first week, all the houses have like outdoor clotheslines that like hang off the, the the just hang like outside the window, so you can like dry your laundry. Um, and on, we're on the fifth floor, so it's pretty high up. So it's a little bit like taking your life into your hands, and you're leaning out the window and mm. trying to hang stuff off the line. But you know, it's something you get used to very quickly. Um, but one of the first weeks, we didn't peg something down. Probably we didn't peg down a towel. Mm. So uh, I get up in the morning and I look at the window, and uh, there's our towel on the clothesline of the people below us. So we're like, it's not like it was on the ground because if it was on the ground, you could go out and get it. Mm. So like, oh god, what are we going to do now? Mm. So we're like, well, and we had like three towels at that stage, so we needed every towel that we had. I was like, well, it looks like our downstairs neighbors have a new towel then. <laughs> and we're, so we just went off and went to work. We couldn't exactly go down and ask because at that point we were in the, the country zero time, essentially. Three days, I, I had learned nothing of Spanish and your Spanish was only just warming up because you hadn't used it since, what, secondary school or something? About three years. Mm, so And it does, it takes a little while for your, your kind of language to, to come back. So you can't exactly go down and explain, really sorry, but my towel is on your, your uh, drying line. Uh, can you please give it back to me? <laughs> That's the that's vocabulary that's pretty specific. Yeah, yeah, and you have to be polite as well yeah. and be like, oh, hey, we're the new tenants. And, yeah. oh, I was just like, I'm, I'm not probably, up to this. Probably just as well, because realistically, given how you know nice and generous and friendly everybody is around here, they'd have brought us in for, like, wine and, and a meal. We never would have been able to leave. Exactly. And then you got conversation and, oof, no, couldn't... couldn't uh, so, couldn't thankfully, we went off to work. And when we arrived home, our towel was hanging off the outdoor knob of our, of our door that door handle of our door thankfully i'm not sure entirely whether the message would have would have been uh, please don't do that again or you bloody stupid foreigners or something to that effect i presume yeah. um or probably you're an idiot here's your tell and one of the other things that happened as well is that on one of the first days here when i went out to the balcony and uh, i was like god it smells awful weird out here and i was like i wonder what that smell is i'm like god it smells a bit like weed so I'm like, okay, maybe it's just me or maybe someone's smoking like below us or whatever. So I go out anyway. I'm like, Dan, will you go out to the balcony there and see what, what does it smell like? 
here he's like what what did it smell like I'm like just just do it just go out and see so you go out to the balcony and the bang of weed is just incredible so I took a glance around couldn't see anybody didn't see smoke coming from anywhere and back in and said Emer, um take a quick glance onto our next door neighbor's balcony there so we we have a, a balcony that's like adjoined with theirs it's the same balcony and there's a little like partition in the middle and they have a bit of plywood to like give themselves some privacy we were like yeah grand not that we keep anything on our balcony anyway so i go to the balcony i lean out over the rail and look around their piece of plywood and there is in a pot sitting there in full sunshine uh, a pot plant a weed plant pretty much as big as me like just if not bigger if not bigger just yeah. just chilling on the balcony this, this thing had a name and, <laughs> and a birth cert yeah. so we were like well this is going to be an interesting time <laughs> <laughs> day two in the country day one day one day one uh, anything else uh, miscellaneous you want to add not that I can think of right now no? oh we're having a good time with um, pronunciation and, and bad words so with a Spanish accent beach and bitch Sound pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, it's the the so. typical thing, you know, beach uh, and sheet and shit as well. Fork, so. all of those ones are very entertaining, <laughs> and they're just it's just, they're just, it's because of the accent. They're just not really able, and they find it very hard to differentiate between the two sounds. I find it, and partic- I find it hilarious. I find it particularly uh, entertaining when I correct them in class when somebody will go, "Oh, beach," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, Grant," but. At some point, then someone will just come out with bitch, and I'm like, no, no, it's beach. And they're like, no, no, I know how to say beach. I meant to call her a bitch. Oh, okay. So I'll, um, I'm not sure what to do with that, but okay. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so entertaining. And they just, they find this, like, obviously, there's stuff we find difficult in Spanish as well, but the subtlety between the I and the E sound is just so entertaining. Mm. It just gets you into so much trouble. You yeah. keep having a class where they keep trying to uh, get you to teach. They keep asking words. for it. Yeah, they 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 come in and say, "Oh, my my friend mentioned this word," and I'm like, "Well, that's terrible pronunciation." But I'm not going to tell you how to do it correctly because this is uh, a class where we're going to learn about postcards instead or food vocabulary. We are not here to insult one another. And they, ah, come on. And then of course, as, as soon as I refuse to uh, to help them to learn how to swear at each other. They'll swear at me in, in Spanish. Which Thinking is, that you don't know. Yeah, which it's, it's a pretty common thing, actually. It's not swearing at me. It's not a horrible insult, um, at least not in their minds. But they will curse at pretty much anything um, just to express their... Frustration more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. But it is very funny coming from an English-speaking background because <laughs> you hear this string of, of profanity and it's just hilarious. And it's so inventive. At the same, yeah, it's incredible. So inventive, like it's it's not just like the f word or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like the descriptions and the detail. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and the topics essentially are a way to say, "Oh damn!" They have ridiculous things involving ducks and your cousin or or something. I really I can't even explain how inventive they are. It's fantastic though. Swearing in, in Spanish, I think it's kind of probably true for most European languages, at least the ones that I've come across are a bit more inventive than English. I feel like I need a, like a book of expressions mm. and 
and swear words because they're just so complicated and yeah. elaborate. I'm just like and common, and common all, the all the time, all the time. It's like you know we're, we we had we went out for drinks last night with friends and they said you're not really learning Spanish, you're learning Riojan, mm. which is where we live. So we're learning a dialect yeah. here. As far as they're concerned, we're we're learning their language, but as far as I can see in in their language, in order to speak, I'm going to say correctly, um, you have to swear at least twice in each sentence well you have to at least know what they mean yeah true very um, bare minimum okay well i think that's pretty much it for our first three months i suppose that's all i can think of (laughs) narrowed into into how many minutes 31 minutes (laughs) yeah that'll do there you go 10 minutes a month that's all there is 10 minutes a month that's all we have hopefully we will do some more more frequently in the next few months we will be back in spain in january and we will be working very hard but we hopefully we'll still have time. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I look forward to letting you know all the ridiculous things we get up to. <laughs> I'm sure there will be plenty. <laughs> probably, probably. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.